Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Big news for our little ones. CDC advisors unanimously endorsed Pfizer's COVID vaccine for children ages 5 through 11. Kids could get vaccinated within the next couple of days. Pfizer is shipping some 15 million doses to vaccination sites around the country. Some parents will rush to make appointments, while others could remain vaccine hesitant regarding their kids. Dr. Allison Arwoody is commissioner of the Chicago Department of Public Health, and she knows the main question on parents' minds regarding the kids' vaccine. So it is the Pfizer vaccine. It's got the same ingredients uh, that have been shown to be safe and effective as adults and older teenagers, but it's only a third of the dose of what the adults are getting. And so it's smaller dose, smaller needles, uh, designed to have less side effects, uh, but give that same level of protection for the younger kids. We're really excited about it. When is Chicago going to start offering vaccinations for younger children? Yeah, so already we've started to see some of those vaccines um, arrive. We've had 28,000 doses arrive in Chicago between yesterday and some coming in today. Uh, We know some of the pharmacies are getting it tomorrow. So I would really expect that by Friday and really this weekend, uh, we'll have vaccine available. People can check with their pediatrician or family provider. You can go to chai.gov slash covidvax to see information. I know that pharmacies, uh, CVS, Walgreens, for example, are already taking appointments uh, for the weekend. We've got children's hospitals that are going to be hosting pediatric vaccine events. The city will be standing things up. Lots of opportunities to get vaccinated. Um, And I don't want people to worry that they're not going to be able to find a vaccine. We've got plenty coming in, 100,000 doses expected in the first week. So do you think you'll meet your number? Yeah, so I think there's about 210,000 children between 5 and 11 in the city of Chicago. So uh, getting enough doses to be able to vaccinate half of them in the first week tells us there will be enough vaccine for uh, everybody who wants it right from the get-go. I would love to see those 100,000 all go into arms the first week. We know that's unlikely, uh, but we, for the people who are really excited to get it right away, uh, just over these next few days, I expect you'll be able to get it. And then we'll be ramping up much more over those next few weeks making vaccines available at school at community appointments through uh, you know at some of our larger events at city clinics Um, I want folks to know that by November 20 is the date to get the first dose of vaccine to have kids fully vaccinated by Christmas for example so recognizing that people want to be getting together for various holidays we've got you know the next couple of weeks to try to get those youngest kids done they can then get both doses of the Pfizer vaccine because you still need two doses Mm -hmm. uh, and you'd be two weeks post. So you'll be hearing a lot about it, but it's really exciting um, that we'll be able to start protecting those younger kids. So you say there'll be lots of doses. You've also said that, you know, parents really shouldn't have to do that scramble for appointments like we had to do back uh, earlier in, in the spring. Have you adjusted the process at all to get kids vaccinated more efficiently? Yeah, I mean, the main thing is that there's enough vaccine coming. Uh, The biggest challenge always last spring was that we had a lot more demand than there was vaccine available because just as quickly as it could be produced and shipped out, there was obviously a lot of people that were looking for it. With the PEDS vaccine, um, there's been the opportunity. Obviously, we've had, uh, you know, safety data for more than a year in those adults, uh, and the vaccine had all been produced already in anticipation that we would likely see that approval. And so, 
um, even as soon as the FDA gave the green light, they were able to start on some of that shipping process. Um, and so we've always had actually good structures for vaccinating. We just haven't had an, uh, you know, early on we didn't have enough vaccine. And this time we're going to have enough vaccine. So um, I think between knowing that really all the pharmacies are going to have it available, um, many, many, many pediatricians and hospitals uh, are, or in fact, some have already received it. The city will be standing up. And we've got the opportunity to work through schools, knowing that uh, both for 5 to 11-year-olds and those 12 to 17-year-olds that are not yet vaccinated, schools become a major focus for us uh, to make it easy for families, um, efficient, uh, break down barriers, all of that same kind of work. So, um, yeah, I feel very good about the plan, and uh, I hope as many Chicagoans as I am are excited to help get the kids that protection as we're heading into winter and starting to see our COVID numbers uh, go up just a bit. So we, we know across the country, schools are going to be administering the vaccine, as you mentioned. But when I talked with CEO Pedro Martinez, he said that schools here will not. Um, so that's not exactly. So a couple things. So we we still have to get the approval always of a parent or guardian to vaccinate a child. Uh, I can tell you with CPS, there actually are a lot of plans. Um, they've got four regional sites that are already, you know, up and going for vaccine. And just in November and December, uh, there's 83 schools that already have clinics scheduled for families and students. Um, that's even in addition to what CDTH is doing in those areas, et cetera. They've also got 15 or 16 school-based health clinics um, that always exist and provide medical care in schools for kids. They'll have vaccines. So it's not that we will be obviously vaccinating all children who are present in a school at once, uh, but where parents or guardians want that to happen at school, um, there actually are lots of opportunities, uh, and we're creating more every day uh, to make that happen. So as a medical professional then, Dr. Arwady, do you support a vaccine mandate for all school-age kids, be it locally or statewide? Yeah, so at this point, we're, we're a long way from talking about mandates for children. Um, we are still at a point where it's, it's that emergency use authorization for the kids. Uh, I would want to see that full approval. I know people want to have confidence in this. We expect, just like we saw for the adults, there will be some early adopters and there will be some other people um, who want to see friends and neighbors. And, you know, I, I have, of course, every confidence that this vaccine is safe and effective, but we've seen it can take a few months sometimes for people to feel fully confident with this. So I think it will, it's likely to be a conversation for sure. Uh, there's a long history of requiring vaccine in school settings, but I think it's, it would be a conversation more for the next academic year, for example, as opposed to something um, likely to come in the next few months. Time will tell. We'll see sort of where this exists. Uh, but as always, we want to first start um, with, uh, you know, making sure people are vaccinating with confidence. I do think these requirements around having the adults um, be vaccinated, uh, who of course are at higher risk, um, of the severe outcomes and are, you know, where we're thinking about safe workplaces for them, et cetera. Those make a ton of sense, and that's why we've been very supportive. Um, kids are just, you know, months behind that conversation by virtue of, of the vaccine just becoming available. Dr. Arwady, help me understand why or how is vaccinating this group, these younger children, how is it likely to affect community spread? Yeah, so we know that young children, we now know they're as likely to be infected with that virus that causes COVID-19 as adults are. They're less likely to get seriously ill, but they definitely can and do spread the virus to others. And kids 5 to 11 can get 
really sick from COVID. Most of the time they don't, thank goodness, but we've had more than 8,000 uh, kids in that age group hospitalized across the country. We see those rates of hospitalization for the 5 to 11-year-olds being, you know, three times higher for Black and Latinx and American Indian kids. And so where I think about uh, networks in Chicago that are less vaccinated, um, I worry about the kids in those settings both potentially being infected with COVID and uh, transmitting it. The last thing is that uh, where people are vaccinated, they do not need to quarantine after a potential exposure. So obviously we want to keep kids in school uh, and having more kids vaccinated in school cuts down that chance of needing to quarantine uh, and it helps really keep that school setting as safe as it can be for everybody. So I tell parents, you know, the number one reason to obviously have your child vaccinated is to help protect them from COVID uh, and help protect others in your family from COVID. But the number two reason is that uh, where your child is vaccinated, they don't need to be automatically going home if there's a child with COVID in their classroom or, or another exposure um, as long as they don't have symptoms. And so the ability to kind of do both of those things, um, I think, are, is just a big step forward uh, in terms of overall positive uh, you know, effects on their health for kids. Well, given what you've just shared, Doctor, are you concerned that a significant number of parents now will choose not to vaccinate because most cases in youngsters are, are mild? Yeah, so most cases in youngsters are mild, but this is where the concern is that they're not always mild. And again, uh, there is definitely risk uh, for adults um, or older people in those families. We know from surveys about a third of parents uh, are really excited to get this vaccine. And they've told us, you know, they expect to go out and get this just as soon as it's available. Um, and then we've got more folks who are still thinking a little bit about this and, and, and want to want to see how it goes. Uh, this is where really emphasizing to folks that that lower dose, that one-third dose, does have much less risk for side effects, um, and the benefit risk is really a lot greater. And then the biggest predictor of whether or not a child is vaccinated is whether their parent or guardian is vaccinated. So my worry is that in parts of the city where we're still lagging, especially some of the predominantly black areas of the city, uh, there's much more potential for large outbreaks, and kids will be part of those outbreaks uh, if they're in unvaccinated networks. So try.gov slash youthvax is where people can go to get specifics about the youth vaccination efforts that we're doing here. Uh, If people have questions, we've got frequently asked questions up there about safety, about effectiveness, about the studies that were done. Um, I have every confidence in this vaccine. I've got nieces and nephews in this age group that have already signed themselves up for uh, getting their doses. So Here's what's on my mind. Many parents, myself included, doctor, we've been vaccinating our, our babies since they were two months old, right? Yep. I remember 14 years ago, not even thinking twice about whether that was going to be safe or effective mm-hmm. because these were shots that I had growing up, right? Yep. But we're in a different time. This is very different. We hadn't heard the word COVID until 2020. And I want to share some data with you. A survey released Thursday by the Kaiser Family Foundation showed that barely one in three parents of those 5 to 11-year-olds, so some statistics similar to what you had shared already, one in three are going to get their kids vaccinated right away. Two-thirds were either reluctant or they just adamantly opposed. How do you change those attitudes? How do you help folks wrap their minds around the newness of this vaccine? 
Yeah, and I hear those kinds of questions a lot. I really welcome them because I know people are making the decisions that they believe to be right for their family. What I can say is that, number one, uh, this is a vaccine that has now been given more widely than, you know, just about any other vaccine. More, half of the world's population now has gotten a COVID vaccine. We've continued to see excellent safety data, um, excellent efficacy data, and some people often and say, I'm worried that, you know, down the line, years from now, my children could have problems with fertility or they could get sick later. And I really want people to hear that that is just not how vaccines work. So when we vaccinate the young children against measles or mumps, um, when we're giving flu vaccines each year, those vaccines are teaching your immune system a lesson about how to fight off the real thing if you're exposed to it. They don't hang around in your body. There's never been a vaccine. Um, approved in the U.S. that has had the side effects that developed more than a few weeks after the vaccine, they're not in your body kind of years later. They're just teaching your own immune system how to fight off uh, viruses. So I understand and I hear people's um, questions and concerns about that, but this is honestly one of the largest and the most uh, safety-intensive uh, rollout for a vaccine that we've ever had. And it's a pandemic, and so this is where the need to move quickly in terms of having a vaccine available is important for kids. The reason that there has, that, it, that we didn't roll out all at once is there, we wanted to do, you know, additional safety studies. These dosing studies uh, really have confidence that we can give kids uh, the level of protection that they need yeah. without causing side effects. Why is it safe to give the same dose of vaccine to a five-year-old who might weigh like 40 pounds and yeah. an 11-year-old who weighs much more? Can you talk about size and weight and how that factors in when it comes to the shot? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because it's actually less about weight here and more about how mature the immune system is. Okay. Uh, and so you're able to, you know, for these younger kids, a little bit of it is body mass, but this sort of break between 11 and 12. We know there can be, you know, very large 11-year-olds. We know there can be small 12-year-olds. Uh, but this is where you're able to say that in terms of how developed the immune system is, this is the level of response. You know, a young child with a third of the dose can get an immune protective response similar to what an adult has, uh, but with a lower dose. And so, uh, you know, there were studies of different dosing and different groups, and you'll note that this wasn't all kids. We may see a smaller dose yet again for mm -hmm. two to five-year-olds, two to four-year-olds, for example. Um, that research is still going on, and until they're confident that there's a dose that's appropriate for immune system maturation, they won't do it. But it's, it's not a large dose. Some people think this is a really unusually large vaccine. It's absolutely not. Again, it doesn't hang around in your system. It's really gone within a couple of days. It's just teaching your immune system uh, that lesson. There's some talk about how the vaccine can cause increased risks of something called myocarditis. Mm -hmm. That's an inflammation of the heart muscle. Is that something that parents should be concerned about, doctor, or is this just COVID misinformation again? Yeah, so there's been a lot of attention on this, and one of the reasons why there was a little bit of a delay in terms of the childhood uh, release was that they wanted to actually add additional children, younger children, to these volunteer studies uh, to ensure that they weren't seeing any problems with, with myocarditis. Where we've seen this, um, it can sound very scary because it's involving uh, the heart potentially. I want to be really clear that the risks of developing myocarditis, usually you get myocarditis after a viral or bacterial infection, 
infection. They're much, much, much higher in kids and teenagers for people who get COVID than they are if they get the vaccine. Uh, but they saw that particularly in adolescents, um, adolescent men, uh, kind of in that 12 to 20 range, although very, very uncommon, they did see some cases of it. One of the decisions to go with the smaller dose uh, for those 5 to 11-year-olds is to limit that risk. But when people have gotten, um, again, extremely rare, where it's happened, this is not something that is a long-term problem. Um, it's something where people uh, recover from it typically without um, intervention. And uh, again, the risk way, way, way higher uh, with getting COVID-19. There was a study in college athletes, for example, mm -hmm. um, that found two out of every 100, if you did an echocardiogram on them, actually developed this exact same syndrome from getting COVID-19. Uh, risk is um, not even one one thousandth of that uh, compared to getting the vaccine. So for those who do go forward and get the shot, should they expect mm -hmm. similar side effects to adult vaccines like fatigue and yeah. fever? I yeah, we would again expect those to be generally um, lower in the kids, but uh, I would expect, you know, any side effect not to last more than a day or two. Um, the thing kids are probably most likely to complain about where we saw this was a sore arm potentially. Um, if Certainly if kids are feeling uncomfortable, either from a sore arm or if they're having a day of, you know, feeling a little under the weather, it's fine to use, you know, Tylenol or ibuprofen um, as long as, you know, you can check with your doctor if there's no other reason that they wouldn't be able to. Um, but just Generally, these are not long-term side effects, and again, uh, in the studies, nothing out of the ordinary, not seeing, um, you know, this vaccine would not be moving ahead if there were any concerns for safety in this age group in particular. You think this could be a game changer when it comes to holiday gatherings and, and traveling that's coming up? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know that for travel all along here, where people are fully vaccinated, we don't have limitations on travel. Um, it's really nice that children will be part of that now. Uh, you know, where we think about sort of long term, even internationally, it's getting increasingly difficult to travel without being vaccinated. Um, and having children have that opportunity is important. And I think, you know, we know that holiday gatherings are a big risk factor uh, where you're bringing together multiple generations. Last thing anybody wants is their child to you know, inadvertently perhaps not even have symptoms, but be transmitting COVID virus at a holiday gathering that sometimes can have older people. So certainly we're encouraging uh, people to get at least that first dose um, before Thanksgiving. And like I said, for Pfizer, you got to get your first dose by um, the 20th of November to be fully vaccinated in time for Christmas. We've got more about Hanukkah and Kwanzaa timelines on our website. But uh, yeah, I think the worry is just so much less when you've got everybody vaccinated who is gathering even if somebody were to have covid they're much less likely to spread it and they're much much less likely uh you know to be hospitalized or, or get seriously ill so i think it's there was an analysis that um having this vaccine available for this age group will probably cut infections across the u.s by right. about 600 700 000 just over these next few months so it's a big deal um in terms of really stopping the spread of this virus certainly big news for families today that is dr allison arwady a commissioner of the chicago department of public health thank you so so much for making the time. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's Reset. For more of our interviews, subscribe to this podcast. And please give us a rating. It helps other listeners find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. And we'll meet again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.